Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Reflect on a memory where you and your kid get to experience one-on-one time for for the very first time. Whether it was for a few hours, whether it was for a weekend. I'm talking about that first time where you experience a true bond with your child. And that topic is uh, something we discussed today on Parent Quest with special guest Anthony Sitko of Capes on the Couch, a podcast that dives deep into the psyche of superheroes and supervillains, your favorite comic book characters. Uh, They take a character each episode and kind of dig apart their psyche, their brain, their characteristics, uh, their attributes, everything. And it's super interesting. By the end of the episode, they roleplay as that character sitting in uh, in a session with a psychiatrist, which the twist is it's an actual psychiatrist. Anthony's co-host is an actual psychiatrist. So that's a big twist. It's great, entertaining, and I think you all will love it. That's Capes on the Couch podcast. Now to this episode, Mr. Anthony Sitko. I am... I am somewhat familiar of this podcast that you do, and it's... I think it's absolutely genius. Capes on the couch. Uh, How long have you guys been doing that? And what brought up the idea for you all to do this uh, superhero style uh, podcast with a major twist in it? Well, uh, we actually just celebrated our two year anniversary on March 7th. So we're very excited about that. And uh, as far as how it got started, my co-host is my best friend, since we were freshmen in high school together. Um, I call him my brother. We were best men in each other's wedding. Uh, I'm godfather to his child. My kids will, you know, my child and my, any future kids will call him uncle. Um, he's just, he's, he's my best friend. He's my brother. And there's nobody that I would rather do this kind of show with. And we were driving to Pittsburgh for a tough mutter from New Jersey. And we had been bandying back and forth this idea of psychoanalyzing comic book characters because we are both very big comic aficionados and he is a board certified psychiatrist. And so we said, there's a lot of superheroes that are claimed to have a particular diagnosis, but the way that diagnosis is portrayed is not realistic. For example, Two-Face is often said to have bipolar disorder, yet how Two-Face is portrayed with the coin flipping and all of that bears no resemblance to actual bipolar disorder. Hmm. So it sort of got started as this idea of 
writing a book or doing comic strips of showing existing characters what they would look like if they actually had the disorders they claim to have, you know, so realistically showing Harvey Dent going through a manic and then subsequently a depressive state. And over the course of the like eight hours to Pittsburgh and eight hours back, it coalesced into a podcast where we would focus on a particular character for a given episode and then briefly talk about their backgrounds and then dissect three issues that they have, then discuss treatment options, real person with those issues, and then role play a little bit at the end wherein I would get to play the patient in a sort of therapy session with the with a psychiatrist. And that would give us the opportunity to have a little fun with it. And I get to do voices and so on. And so uh so we've done over 70 episodes. And uh, it's just, it's been an absolute blast. And I think that the the fans that we have have really just embraced the, um, both the reality and the silliness of it all, because depending on the character, some episodes are very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, we get into some very heavy issues. We just did one on the depictions of terrorism in comics. Um, I know that our episode... Uh, on Carol Danvers was was very heavy, and then we have ones that are very light and goofy. We just did the Tick, and as befitting that character, there was a lot of joking. Um, the skit itself was very random and and goofy, so it really gives us a lot of leeway to play with these characters and discuss real topics and a way to destigmatize discussions around mental health because I guess that's sort of the other major area and focus that we have is mental health impacts everyone. And yet so many people are afraid to discuss it. They're afraid to get treatment for it because they think that they'll be ostracized or they'll be mocked. And so we use the comic book characters as a way to bridge the gap and to say these characters, although fictional, have these very relatable problems. And this is how we would offer treatment either Mm -hmm. through medication or behavioral therapy or what have you. And then these are some of the things that you can do in your own life to address those problems. So I apologize. I know my answer was a little rambly, but what we do is sort of kind of hard to really define in a very, very short time frame. And I really wanted to give a, a thorough and comprehensive answer. So no, that's, yeah, that is absolutely perfect. So, all right. So you guys are going through uh, releasing your podcast here. How do you go about deciding on what character you want to discuss on an episode or or even on the subject of uh, your last, not your last episode, but the episode before last on terrorism? Uh, well, we have a Patreon and the top level of patrons get to decide one episode a month that they want us to address whether it's a character or a theme. And so we have largely at this point sort of turned the show over to the fans and say, okay, who do you want um, week to week? And so we have one patron who is very much into the bat family. So um, we've done a number of Batman themed characters. We're, we're doing Alfred Pennyworth 
very soon. And then Dick Grayson. We've done Jason Todd and Talia Al Ghul for her. She's all about Bat Family. Another of our patrons is very big on the thematic episode. So the terrorism was one of his. Uh, Sidekicks is another one that he had requested. And the one that he has that he wants us to do coming up is the notion of alter egos or secret identities within mm-hmm. comics. So that's sort of how we we come up with it. And we also, if there's a movie or a major TV show coming out, we try and get some sort of synergy with that. I know uh, Black Widow is coming out, so there's a good chance right around the time that the movie comes out, we'll be doing an episode based on Natasha. Um, I know we did, God, like I said, we've done over 70 episodes. Right. So we've done a number of tie-ins to movies. Um, so depending on on whether it's patron-driven or us-driven, that sort of dictates which characters we we end up doing for an episode. Okay, that's all. that's uh, it's really interesting. The the first time I had heard it, I just my mind was blown. Just the fact that how how one how has somebody not done this yet? Because it's just a genius idea to be able to kind of dive into the minds of of characters from different comic book uh, stories and kind of dissect what's going on inside with them mentally. That's just such a good idea. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. And uh, writing the skits, I think, is the hardest part. Because as I said, each episode, the last major part of every episode ends with a skit. And so Mm -hmm. that's like five to eight minutes of us really trying to write out how would this character react if they were really in a therapy session. And sometimes they're very easy to write. Uh, The Tick in particular was super simple because he's a very shallow character. And so it was really just him frustrating the bejesus out of my co-host who was trying to get him back on track. But because the Tick is very easily distracted and not all that particularly bright, I just really just said, okay, and he's going to go off on this and, and Doc is going to try and pull him back. And then he's going to say, oh, I, this is shiny. I want to play with that. Other characters, it really takes a lot of back and forth for us to come up with what are the issues that we discussed in the episode and then how would that translate to a session and trying to find the character's voice um, in, a, in a given episode, because we do want to do justice to the characters. It's mm-hmm. not just a way for us to mock them or to make fun of them. We usually try and bring something that we discussed in the episode to life and provide some sort of um, solution to their problems or treatment, or at least get them to see the light about their, their ways. Um, if it is a villain, there is a good chance though, that they end up getting very upset and right. causing Doc, some grievous bodily harm and or death. <laughs> so that's that's always fun. Going into that session there, I mean, what does it take for you all to prepare for that? Are you just going based off your own personal knowledge or are you diving deeper by you know reflecting on books and stories of these characters in order to kind of draw out their traits and their personality? Oh, we definitely do some reading. I mean, we have subscriptions to Marvel Unlimited. We read Comixology. Um, and and the thing about our show is really do focus on the comic book version of the characters. Mm-hmm. And so if a character has been in movies or TV shows, whatever, we'll address them, we'll reference it, but really we try and stick to the original source material. And so when we do the background and the issues, that's what we're drawing from. Um, 
And so we read, you know, we try and read a fair amount of comic books. Both of us, as I said, are, are big nerds. Uh, so it's not really that hard to do. And that's what we draw from. And like I said, each episode focuses on three issues that that character has um, or has been shown to have in the comic books. And then how would we treat them in universe? And then, as I said, a real person with those issues. Okay. So you're obviously, I mean, both of you are obvious comic book fanboys. Does that come from, you know, your parents? Or is that something that you had developed as a teenager? Uh a love for comics. I mean, did, were your parents nerdy? Uh, my my mom definitely when she was younger. Um, mm-hmm. My dad not so much. My dad was more of a jock, uh, but okay. my mom was definitely into comic books in the in the sixties and, and early seventies. Spider Man, Fantastic Four, X Men. Wow. She you know told me like back then, and and she said if she had still kept those comics, they'd be worth a pretty penny. Unfortunately, she doesn't have them anymore. Um, so I read them a lot as a kid. And then as a teenager, I was more focused on video games and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then as I entered my uh, my early 20s, that's when comic books really started to come back into my life. And then comic book movies. And then I, that's really sort of what reintroduced me into comic books is going to the movies. And then I would say, okay. Now I'm going to read the books that these movies or TV shows draw from. And there's just so much amazing material out there. Yeah. It's, uh, I almost feel like comics are at a all time high now than they have been for a while. Uh, the, the, The properties. Yes. The books themselves. Uh, it depends. The industry is going through some, some difficult times right now. Um, because DC is constantly trying to reinvent its universe and Marvel is really trying to hew the comics closer to the MCU version because that's obviously very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it can be sort of uh, dissuading to fans that have been reading these characters for a long time to see the versions of these characters get transferred to the MCU version. You know, I think Peter Quill is a great example of that. Peter Quill, before the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, was a very, very different character, both visually and attitude-wise, from what Chris Pratt is, uh, portrays him in these movies. And mm-hmm. then as once the first Guardians movie took off, they sort of re just completely revamped Star-Lord, and now he looks and acts basically like Chris Pratt in the comics, which is not at all who he was prior to like 2013. So for someone like you, who's, who, you know, had a love for comics at a young age and redeveloped that love for it at a a later age. I mean, how does that affect you as a reader? I mean, do you, do you want to see that? Do you prefer to see these, these MCU adapted uh, comic book characters? I guess you could say it's, it's not my ideal, but for me, if the story is good, I will read it, and uh, it's it's primarily about just telling a good story with the characters. What I don't want to see is a complete um, dropping of a character's main traits just to fit the story. I think the stories have to be true to at least some version of the characters as we know them, and then. 
then you can play with it. And as long as it's organic to me, I'm willing to believe that a character can grow and adapt and evolve because I understand different writers focus on different aspects of characters. You know, somebody may write Batman a completely different way than, um, you know, somebody else. Tom King may write him differently than Jeff Johns. Um, and yet they both might be true to who Batman is, but they're taking different focuses on the character. Mm-hmm. So now you are a father. Yes, indeed. To a, a very young child. 11 months. Has the idea of, of even now I understand can't even read, can't, can't comprehend comics and superheroes and, and whatnot at this point in life. But have you just kind of sat there and daydreamed or thought of, of a, uh, a way that you would like to introduce your son to the culture or does that even does does that thought even enter your mind at this point or oh absolutely kind of, okay it absolutely has i mean we've got before he was even born we had superhero stuff decorating his walls <laughs> his sort of uh, birth announcement was a commissioned art piece that we had done at New York Comic-Con. Well, we, we met the artist at New York Comic-Con, I should say, uh, Tony Cordos. And uh, so we commissioned a him to actually draw a comic cover as though it were a brand new number one issue. And uh, like, you know, a hero is born with the headline. And so there's a mm-hmm. picture of a baby and he's, he's holding Mjolnir, uh, Thor's hammer, and uh, he's got Moon Knight's cowl over his head because Moon Knight is one of my favorite characters. And you see the legs of my wife and I sort of in the foreground and she's got Wonder Woman's lasso and I've got Captain America's shield by my side. And so we are very much introducing him into the Superman, uh, the superhero mythos. Um, His first birthday party coming up is going to be superhero themed. Uh, My son's name is Theo and every picture i post of him on instagram we always hashtag it su- hashtag super theo um so he's got he's got superhero <laughs> themed onesies and outfits there is no question he is going to be fully immersed in the superhero geekdom i can't wait to show him all of the geeky stuff that i grew up with not just comic books but you know star wars and transformers and you know legos and video games and all of those things just uh just and, and having said that, I'm going to completely let him be his own person, and right. I'm not going to force him to be a nerd if he <laughs> wants. If he doesn't care for that stuff. I will. I will love whatever it is that he loves, but I'm certainly going to do my best to introduce him to it. So at the very least, he can go. Yeah, I know who those characters are. I, so I, I completely agree with with how you worded that because I think as parents. Yeah, the things that we grew up with and the things that we love, we want our kids so much to love that same thing. But that's not always the case. Your kid, your kid, or or my kid. You know, I love video games. I love comics. I grew up skateboarding. I grew up uh, doing a lot of different things that I love. She could grow up and do the complete opposite. And so, I mean, how how do you? Yes, not how do you cope with it? Is such a bad way to put it. But how do you? support them in a way you just you got to just end up loving whatever it is that they love to be able to connect with them in in that way yeah definitely i mean my father as i said my father was was very sports oriented played you know football baseball wrestling um he was very athletic hockey was very athletic 
as a child, I had less than zero athletic inclination. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it was not who I was at all. Um, I was much more content to, to stay inside, read, you know, I read everything I could get my hands on. And when I wasn't reading, I was building something out of constructs or Legos, or I was playing video games. And so my dad, he accepted it, but I think there was a small part of him inside that still wanted me to be athletic. And it's funny, mm-hmm. as I got older, um, I did, I dabbled in things here and there. I did a little league, um, but I was God awful at it. I ran track in high school, but I wasn't really good at that. I played hockey and I've been playing hockey now for about 20 years. And, uh, then when I hit 30, I started uh, distance running and I started doing half marathons and I ran a full marathon. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, you know, Doc and I came up with the idea for the show Driving to a Tough Mudder. I've done 17 of those. I'm going to be doing a Spartan in a few weeks. So Dang. I found my athletic kick, I guess, later in life. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because even now at almost 38 years old, um, if I have a really good hockey game, I'll tell my dad about it. And there, there is still some small part of me that's like, look, dad, I'm a jock now. Like, yeah. you know, are you, are you proud of me? And I know my father's proud of me no matter what. I've right. never, I've never, question that my father loved me or supported me or, um, you know, was proud of me in any way, no matter what it was that I did. But, but I, I notice it now that there are some times when I, I think about how I get after games and I go, yeah, I scored a goal and I did this and that. And my dad's like, there you go. My parents came to watch me play hockey a couple of Saturdays ago as my, my mother had never seen me play before. My father had come to a couple of games here and there, but um, but my mother in, in like 20 years of me playing hockey had never come to see me play. And, and I scored a goal, uh, in that game and I had a goal and an assist in that game. And so I was pointing to the stands when my parents were there and I was like, you got to come to every game now, mom. <laughs> so that was, that was a so, cool moment. How were you feeling leading up to that moment knowing that they were both going to be there? Were you I, I, mean, I wasn't nervous, nervous about it. I was going to play my game no matter what. Um, right. I just, I was super excited. Like I said, because, uh, most of my games are at night, but this particular game was on Saturday at two o'clock. And so I said, oh, you know, you, you guys can come out. And unfortunately, my son couldn't come because that was right smack dab in the middle of his nap time. So my mm-hmm. wife had said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come another another game. I'm sure there'll be another afternoon game that that you'll be playing in. But I mean, he, his normal nap time is anywhere between 1.30 and 3 o'clock, depending on right. you know, what his first nap is because he's still on a two-nap schedule. Um, oh, so, wow. I was like, oh, man, but that's okay. His old man, yeah. I'll, I'll keep playing as long as he can see me play at some point. Yeah. Speaking of family now, and speaking of podcasting, you texted me earlier this week and you said, man, we need to discuss scheduling podcasts with family. Yeah, yeah, that, that, can, that could be a struggle. I'm sure you're aware. Yes, yes. So before having a kid, scheduling podcasts wasn't, terrible at all i I could usually just kind of figure out when i'd have a free moment and be able to do it but now it's so unpredictable as to when when we like i could figure out when i could podcast when i could record a session without my kid being awake or while she needs to be tended to how do you do it i mean how do how do you two you and doc do it well doc has a eight-year-old so it's easier for him um, he comes over to my house and he basically, uh, you know, we do it at night typically, and it's typically on a, on a, a weekend. Usually it's, it's Saturday night. So 
he'll come over my house around 6.30 or so. And so his wife will stay with his daughter. Although it sometimes he brings her because, uh, and there have been a couple of times where she comes over and I don't want to say my wife will babysit her. This, mm-hmm. this hasn't happened, I think, since my son was born. But my wife would just sort of like sit with her and they would watch TV and, um, you know, she would she would play on her iPad, whatever, and, and we would record and then Doc would bring her home. Now that I have a kid, um, we tend to record after 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the biggest thing is that we really have to be mindful of volume. Uh, right. Because Doc and I can get a bit boisterous. We've we've always been <laughs> on the loud side. And so my recording studio, my office, is directly adjacent to my son's bedroom. And so there will be times that we'll be recording. My son will be asleep and my wife will be in the living room and I'll get a text from her. And she's like, I can hear you in there. So yeah, maybe try and keep it down a bit. Um, so because he's he's young enough, typically we just wait until he goes to sleep. Um, but I, I imagine it will get a little more difficult as he gets older. Um, even just this past Saturday, we recorded. We wanted to do two episodes and we were only able to fit one because uh, A, by the time we... By the time we got started, uh, it was so late because my son just would not go to sleep. Um, he just he was having difficulty falling asleep and falling asleep, and so I'm mm-hmm. in his room and I'm trying to rock him, rock him, rock him, and get him down and get him to stay down, uh, which was the the struggle. So right. it's it's a challenge, um, and if it ever reaches a point that I just I cannot podcast anymore. You know, I will have to sadly walk away um, because obviously my son is my first priority. But right. I'm going to try my hardest to make sure that I can work around that schedule because I do love podcasting. Um, but as I think this is, gosh, we've been trying to schedule this recording session for like oh, I, so between now. you and then uh, my guest last week, uh, each of each of you all, I think, have been. Right around the same time, so two months, I think, roughly. Yeah, it's it's been about two months, I think, since you said, "Hey, you know, let's get you let's get on. you on the show," yeah. and then, uh, you know, we sort of went radio silent for a while, and then a couple <laughs> weeks ago we picked back up, and then it just became a situation where, you know, I I was certainly understanding of of your situation, and I said, "Listen, if you can't record, you know, that's cool. We'll just we'll we'll make it work uh, for you as long as it's late enough for me." That's one of the greatest things that I love about doing this one in particular is because I'm generally talking with other parents, so they all kind of understand, which yeah, it makes it I, I so get it. nice. So nice. All right. One last question. Um, when you had, when, when your son was first born, mm-hmm. was there any doubt in your mind that you were going to stop podcasting altogether where you kind of just like did you feel overwhelmed you're like i just can't do it and and i'm going to put it down uh we took a like a two-month hiatus right around the time he was born Mm -hmm. just so i could fully process being a dad um because i I knew that i knew that knowing who i am as a person that when my son was born, I was going to throw everything I had and everything that I am into parenthood. Everything mm-hmm. to, I was just going to like dive in head first. I don't care how shallow the water is. I don't care what happens. I'm going for this. Um, 
And it was, it was absolutely amazing. And so those first two weeks that I took off from work um, were absolutely incredible. And then my wife stayed home because my wife is an emergency veterinarian. So she uh, took her maternity leave at the, at the beginning when he was born for the first three months. And then I took paternity leave for three months through uh, work because I work for the government. So I was able to nice. get uh, 12 weeks off. And so I got to spend three months every day with my kid, um, which was absolutely amazing. And, yeah. and so it was right around then that we started the podcast again, but I know that I would not have been able to do it if I didn't have that, that initial time of just like, let me focus on my son mm-hmm. and get this right. Because the podcast, as much as I adore it, and it's one of my all, it's one of my absolute favorite things to do that will go. My son is my son forever. Like until I draw my last breath, he is my kid. Hmm. Um, and so nothing in my life will ever be more important than him. And so I needed to make sure that I was comfortable with him, um, as a concept, as a person, uh, internally, I needed to, to really check myself first before the podcast even reentered the conversation and, and God bless doc because again he's he's my best friend he's my brother he was there at the hospital like the day after he was born um and he was like dude take as much time as you need and our fans were very gracious and they understood and they came back you know because they understood it and because i was very frank with them before we left i was like you all know my son is being born and um and our first episode back i i held him up to the mic and he was cooing a little bit (laughs) so i was like hey everybody uh this is our new host, new co-host <laughs> is Theo. So say hi. And he was like, <laughs> so now, I mean, now he's just like a, a chatty Kathy doll. He's, he's always talking and babbling and um, it's just, it's the greatest thing in the world. It's uh, I, 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 I got to be a single parent this weekend because my wife had to go to Atlanta for a veterinary conference. So I was mm-hmm. with him from like Friday night, through Sunday night because she didn't land until late Sunday. So I had to put him to bed all by myself three straight nights. I had to, I was solely responsible for feeding him, you know, for basically two and a half days. And it was so exhausting, Mm -hmm. so draining. And yet I would not trade a second of it for anything in the world because I just being forced to spend that much time with him one-on-one, um, with ver- I mean, my parents came over for a little bit on Saturday and I went to my sister's for a couple hours on Sunday and I brought him along. But for the most part, it was just me and him. And when you are forced to focus that much attention on someone um, who is relying on you for literally everything, it creates such a strong bond that uh, it's, it's something. It's something. And, and Monday mm-hmm. I went back to work and uh, I was looking at pictures of him. And I started to cry because I was like, I miss him. Like I miss him every day I go to work, but because I had just spent like over 48 straight hours with him, just the two of us that it, it, I loved him so much more after that weekend than I did before. Not that I didn't love him before, not that I thought I, not that I thought I could love him anymore. And yet I did. And then to be away from him, I was like, I can't do this. He's, he's my little guy. (laughs) So He's, he's, I sing to him every night. Um, 
the best thing that ever happened to me by Gladys Knight and the Pips because he is truly the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Gosh. All right. <laughs> you get me a little emotional here. You get me a little emotional. <laughs> How do you think I feel? I'm sitting here, you know. Gosh. All right. I, I sing I, that to I, him and I, I sing. I, do you watch DuckTales with your kids? Uh, not the, the, yeah, the new one a- I'm talking about. Not the, the 87 version is good, but the new DuckTales is pretty solid. Um, Della Duck, who's the mother of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, uh, mm-hmm. sings a lullaby to her kids. Um, and the music is based on the moon theme from the original Nintendo game, which just is like a nostalgia kick right to the feels for me. But the song itself is so beautiful. Um, so I, And it's all about you know how much she loves her boys and she wants everything for them. So I sing it to Theo uh, every night when I'm rocking him to sleep or if I have to rock him to sleep. Um, cause I just, he's, he's the best. He's, he's my little snuggle bear. And, uh, he, he let me be a dad. So how could I not love him? All right. Anthony, I don't think there's any, any possible better way to end this show than with what you've just said over the last five minutes. Yeah, it I, works I, for me. I mean, before I, think, I start blubbering, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think uh, I, th- I think you've hit everyone in the feels. I think you've pulled everyone's heartstrings by uh, what you just said. That is truly amazing. And and you don't, I, you you have a love for your spouse. There there is definitely a certain love that you have for your spouse, but the love for your own son or your own daughter. Your child is a whole different other kind of love that you experience that you that I don't think anybody has ever felt until they've actually gotten to that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred thousand percent when when I got to hold them for the first time. That's a a memory I will literally never forget. And I, I didn't know I didn't fall in love with my wife when I first saw her. And I, I adore the ground she walks on now, but mm-hmm. you know, when I first met her, I was like, okay, I'm Anthony. It's nice to meet you. You know, you're cute. Okay. Let's, let's do this date thing. See how this goes. Mm-hmm. When I saw my son for the first time, I was like, you have my heart. <laughs> Just like he was 30 seconds old. And I was like, I would die for this kid. <laughs> so it it is absolutely unlike anything in the world. All right, Anthony. Thank you so much for uh, coming on here. Thank you for having me. This was glad we could finally make this happen. Yes, yes, and hopefully this isn't the last time it happens. I'd love to have you back on again. Catch up. We can talk about anything. We can talk about what's going on with your podcast. Talk about what's going on with life. Whatever you want, man. It's it's a pleasure having uh, someone as easygoing and in conversational. Uh, as you are. So, well, thank you. Where can people find your podcast? Uh, Capes on the Couch is available pretty much everywhere um, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, we are, we have social media links. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Capes on the Couch. We have a Discord server. We have a Patreon. We have a T Public store. Uh, basically, if you search for Capes on the Couch, um, Wherever it is that you are, uh, you can find us. We've got some sort of presence 
Um, we don't have a TikTok, but because uh, I don't really think there's any good way to make that work. But we're pretty much everywhere else, uh, social media-wise, at Capes on the Couch. And our website is capesonthecouch.live. Awesome. And and we can save uh, TikTok as a discussion topic for the next episode. I'm sure. I'm sure. Although by the time Theo gets old enough to have a smartphone, I'm sure they'll move on to whatever the next big thing is. Hello. Hey. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me on Parent Quest this week. Um, this, this may have been one of the more emotional and more kind of heart-touching episodes, and that's all because of you and uh, you diving deep into your feelings uh, with spending time with Theo. Some, some quality bonding time. So I really appreciate that. Now, as for you listeners, thank you all for listening, of course. Um, times are tough right now. We got a, a virus that's taking over the world. So I hope that you all are staying safe, staying inside, and uh, keeping those those hands of yours washed. Now, you can reach me at Twitter, at ParentQuestPod, Instagram, ParentQuest, and Facebook, ParentQuest. If you want to email me directly, that is parentquestpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, Anchor allows you to send me voice messages, so be sure to use that tool just like this incredible voice message from my madre. Hey Kyle, I really love this podcast. It was really sweet hearing your sentiments about Bowie's birth. Love you. I swear I'm not putting her up to this. But if she can do it, you guys can do it for sure. Head over to anchor.fm forward slash parent quest. Hit that voice message button and send me a voice message. Tell me your thoughts on the show. Tell me what you think. And uh, I'd love to hear any questions that you all have for me. Again, can't express my thanks enough. Can't express to say be safe out there. We all love you. And with that said, I can say with confidence that this quest is complete.